As an engineering leader, you know firsthand that achieving work-life balance can be hard. Many business owners struggle with the balance between their personal lives and their work. This leads to stress and a feeling of regret. But that's not the case for the listeners of the Engineer Your Success podcast with Dr. James Bryant. This podcast provides tools, tips, and techniques to help you achieve success both in business and in life. Tune in. Let's engineer your success today. Welcome to the Engineer Your Success podcast, where we dive deep into the strategies and insights to help you win at work and at home. I'm your host, Dr. James Bryant, and I am on a mission to help you succeed both in business and in life. Last week's episode, we dove deep into the intricacies of navigating crucial conversations, both in our professional and personal lives. We explored why these conversations are so pivotal and some of the challenges that they present. We also talked about strategies that can help us approach these conversations with confidence. Last week's session, we did some scenarios where we talked about different crucial conversations that people may be faced with. This week, we get to hear directly from the participants that were in that session because this is an excerpt from the Engineer Your Success on-ramp on Mastering Crucial Conversations and that question and answer session. So take a listen. I'm going to check back with you when we're done with the Q&A so that I can provide some additional insights and takeaways based on my reflection on this topic. All right. I will talk to you soon. Enjoy. Chris. Yeah. He says he really thinks the crucial conversation should not be in a public place, but sometimes requires an outside party there as a buffer or witness. Absolutely. There are Chris, you're absolutely correct. There are times when you need someone else there, particularly from a human resources perspective, and you want to make sure that you're covered. One thing that we really need to think about, especially when you're having crucial conversations, is how to close our mouths and open our ears. We don't listen to the whole conversation. We listen to what we want to hear. Listen to what the other person is bringing to the table as well. That helps takes out the biases of yourself. Yeah. And as well as you can intune yourself into them and they see that you're buying into what they're saying as well. Don't know how everybody feels about that, but a lot of times I'll find myself trying to talk over someone when I really need to stop talking and listen to what they're saying. That is absolutely true, Chris. I see some hands raised. David Jarrett. James, I really appreciate the session tonight. I like what you said earlier about it's some of these crucial conversations aren't about getting your way at all. I mean, I've got some that are stewing inside about just providing information that may upset somebody, but mm-hmm. something that I know that they don't. And I'm trying to figure out, okay, when's the right time? Is there a right time? So it's not necessarily about getting your way, but it's about your duty to somebody else. It's a, cause you have to consider if you don't tell them, then what's going to be the effect of not saying anything. Mm-hmm. And so I'm glad we got, we got around to that because it's not always about persuasion or something like right. that. Sometimes it's just a matter of broaching the subject, but it's good to know that with the right approach, you can make it as positive as you can. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, it's up to that person how they respond. But I really like this type of coaching because it reminds you, okay, this is the best way to go about it. Yeah. And whatever the results may be. Yeah. No, I appreciate that, David. Richard? You brought up the emotional triggers earlier, and that's yeah. a, a key one for me. I recently had, I designed projects and construction managed them. 
And I recently had to tell a contractor, I'm sorry, but your attorney and the attorney for the client are not agreeing on the contract terms. So we're going to have to move on to the next contractor in line here because we just got to have a contract and got to get going on the project. Mm -hmm. And when the contractor's attorney then contacted me, there was like a three-page email and there was only one question in there. And the attorneys are really good at those emotional triggers. (laughs) And they're really good at getting you to respond without thinking first. And if you do, they got you. I was able to answer the one question just very succinctly and close it, not do anything more. All those emotional triggers that he had in his spiel there were for nothing because I didn't fall for him. And that's really, that's a a good thing. You get somebody who's trying to pick a fight with you, watch out for those emotional triggers and there's nobody better at it than attorneys. Yeah, no, I think that's absolutely correct. And one of the things I talked about in a podcast and even on my blog post on effective communication is think through, why are you talking? Like, why am I talking? Wait. And just really focusing in and thinking, what is it that I want to accomplish out of this? Just having that moment to wait can help you not to make the, that emotional response. Again, wait, why am I talking? Just think through that. Andre. Yeah, Dr. Bryant, first off, this is really good stuff. I uh, really appreciate you, you doing this presentation today. So your question to ask yourself in preparation for a crucial conversation, Mm -hmm. I follow that to the T when I'm going to have conversations with work colleagues or leadership, Mm -hmm. I'll send out an agenda in an email or we even meet. Mm -hmm. This is what we're going to talk about. And that way I stay structured and then they have an idea of the talking points that I want to cover. And Mm -hmm. then once that agenda goes out and we meet, And we have, because I like to stay on task because time is money. And I just want to stay on task and get back to whatever else I need to do. If I could just follow the agenda and then I follow back up with them in an email after we met. Closing the loop. Yep. Yes. The CYA. Yes. So we're covering ourselves. And so that way we're fully transparent as to what you expect from me and what I expect from you. And that... Yeah. And it works well for me, at least. (laughs) No, thank you, Andre, for doing that. So your approach works beautifully for winning at work. However, you might not be able to put an agenda and do all of that in that same way when you're having a conversation at home. Oh, no, the wife is different. I got (laughs) the wife. No, it's just I know sometimes it's easier for us to frame what those steps are when we're talking about the work situation. But when we're talking about a home situation, you still want to think through, why are you talking? What are you trying to accomplish out of this conversation? What are you looking for from the end result? Are you approaching it from a position of challenge or curiosity? And when I say challenge, it has to be my way or I'm going to, this is confrontational versus curiosity always show with an open hand. I want to have my hand open to receive and to hear and to explore what the options are. Michelle put in having conversations with elder parents. Yeah, that's a tough one. Michelle, can you elaborate on that? Oh, I would, but she's coming down the hall. Okay, so one of the 
the most challenging things is parents as they get older, and we hopefully all will, the limitations they may have. And mm-hmm. so how do you go about in advising or recommending or suggesting things to your parents and then going, I'm just going to do it my way. And so it's always that struggle. You can have the like, it's, it's safer for you. It'll save money. They don't care. They don't it, care. After a while, I just got to the point from a distance, people don't know who the crazy person is, so I don't argue anymore. So sometimes you have to, I just have to figure out what is the most, what's the, I'm just going to do it after she goes to sleep. And that's just my thing, because I haven't found a way for me to successfully, what I want to say, address some it, where she's willing to listen to it. Hey, this is James, and I'm here to help you win at work and at home. Let's connect. You can use the link in the show notes to schedule a complimentary session. And we're going to walk through the steps that it's going to take for you to start thriving so you can engineer your success and live the life that you love. Come on, sign up today. My response is take the steps that we've been talking about in terms of having empathy, trying to see it from their perspective. But at the end of the day, when it comes to, at least when I think of parents, it's their choice, right? They have a choice and you have to allow them to have their choice unless you're saying that they are not of sound mind or something else is going on. They've earned the right to choose. Any other comments or questions? I want to get to to Richard. Definitely dealing with contractors, knowing how to negotiate with them or communicating with them when you screwed up something on a job site is a real good skill. Because when you pull up and your foundation is gone, all the concrete is loose, it is going to be a real difficult conversation. Yeah, that, that is a difficult conversation. One of the, the big struggles I had with the crucial conversations, especially with, because I'm environmental, not everyone, especially on a job site, thinks environmental has much weight. Yeah. I deal with permits. I'm permit compliance. That's all I am. That's all you are? That's a lot. The thing is, it's not bugs and bunnies. It's not fish and birds. It's, I've got a permit. This is how you're getting the job. This is how you're getting the okay to get the job done. And I've got to push it to other people that might not see it as being a crucial conversation when they're out of compliance. And how do you deal with the fact that there are, that there's always that, it's not even pushback. It's uh, indifference. How do you fight indifference? I don't know if you fight indifference. I think you have to continue to do your job, right? And continue to think of it from their perspective. What is it about? What is it that's going on from their perspective? They want to continue to do that work. They don't want to stop. But you're saying if you don't stop now, you're going to have a bigger problem later on or you can't you can't continue to work. So if you think about that situation, what's going on in their mind? What's going on in their mind is they're seeing permits as being a gray and more of a push pull and having more lax restraints than they actually do, or at least to the people, the regulators that are creating these permits and putting the conditions in place and having to deal with a lot of egos. That's a lot. Oh, that's a lot of it. And sometimes, but sometimes they're right that there is some push and pull and there is some gray, there is some movement that you can use. And sometimes it's mastering how to use the gray and how to use the situation to both both advantages. And, but that's actually the best part was when you can 
see an issue or you have to have this conversation on a, a problem or a challenge on the site and you find the gray in the matter and then but then the ones that are always the hardest are the ones where I'm like, this is a problem. And they're like, just don't look at it. That is a normal response and not just from a contractor either. So that's just my perspective. Yeah. And there may be some flexibility, but you still got to follow your roles. They still have to be in compliance. That's pretty much what I was going to say is I've got that a similar situation. Of course, I wrote the spec. You're, you've got a permit you, you're looking at. And no, I get to say, no, why do you think that I should tell the client to pay you? And they want to get paid at the end of the day. And I imagine that you've got a situation. Why do you think I should tell the agency to close the permit? If the permit isn't closed, yeah. So ask the question, why should this be considered successful or acceptable? David? Yeah, I'll keep it brief because I know folks need to hop off. James, not to bring up another teacher, but Stephen Covey, he's got this seven habits. And then there's the four quadrants, Q1, Q2, Q3, Q4. Yep. If y'all aren't familiar with that, I encourage you to check it out because you can probably find it with a simple Google search. But the top of that quadrant is Q1 is stuff you have to take care of. It's fires to put out, things that you cannot avoid, you have to take care of. But Q2 is planning reflection, just preparation, things like that. And it's very often neglected, but it's so important. And mm -hmm. so finding that balance, this stage of life, that's where I'm struggling you know, with is so many things have to be taken care of, but you've got to be intentional about time for reflection, planning, thinking things through. And yeah. I don't know if you've done anything along those lines in the past, but just strategies for you know, making that happen. Because if you don't, it's just times it's going to fly by and you're, you're not going to have got it done. There's yeah, so much to keep us busy. I would say this is similar to what you're talking about here in the Eisenhower matrix. Is, is this what you're talking <laughs> yeah, about? Exactly. Yeah. And so you're looking at what's important, not important, urgent, not urgent, and then really trying to figure out which quadrant your activities fall into. I did do a recent podcast episode where I talked about the Eisenhower matrix. There's matrix. There's also a method where you're looking at instead of non-importance and impact, you're looking at level of effort. So mm -hmm. high effort, low effort, high effort, low impact, high impact, and really looking at your activities and being able to characterize them in that way. When I send out the email tomorrow, the, that podcast episode will be listed in the list of resources. Okay, great. So this is not something Covey came up with necessarily. It's just something right. he may have adapted his. Yeah, he he adapted it. I think it's often attributed to Dwight Eisenhower. I call it the Eisenhower Matrix. Great. I really found that session insightful, particularly when we're going back and forth and answering questions and responses. Here's a few things that I kind of teased out. One would be self-awareness and active listening. So Chris brought up the ideal of closing our mouths and truly listening. So how often do you find yourself actively listening in a crucial conversation versus waiting your turn to speak? Okay, point number two I'd like to make is one that I've made in a few different podcasts, which is what's the purpose of the conversation? I mentioned this whole thing of wait, W-A-I-T, why am I talking? So really think through, why are you talking when you're about to have that conversation? So how can you keep this question 
at the forefront of your mind to change the direction and outcome of your conversations, or at least to guide the outcome of your conversations. Point number three in approaching difficult topics, David discussed the challenge of approaching conversations, not about persuasion, but out of duty. Have you ever experienced a situation where you felt the need to share something potentially upsetting, but it wasn't for your benefit, but it was really for the other person's benefit? One of the things that Richard brought up was really emphasizing the dangers of emotional triggers. It's really important for you to be able to identify any emotional triggers that might impact how you would approach a potential crucial conversation. And the last point that I want to make here was brought up by Andre because he talks about really setting clear expectations through agendas and follow-ups. And so when you think about that, how might preparing in advance really change the outcome of that crucial conversation that you need to have, but you've been putting off having. There are a few other podcast episodes that may be of interest to you. One is was a recent one, episode 110, how to become a more effective listener. If you can effectively listen, it will help prepare you to master crucial conversations. Then there are several episodes where we talk exclusively about communication. Episode five, communicating your way to success. Episode 88, keys to unlocking team success through effective communication. Episode 86, seven tips engineers can use for more effective communication. In episode 82, people hear you, but are they listening? Three tips for getting your message across. I hope you found these past few weeks very helpful in navigating and dealing with these crucial conversations. I'm going to end this podcast like I end every podcast, and that's this. Many people know what to do. Fewer people know how to do it. And there's a select group of people that actually follow through, do it, and are living the life of their dreams. It is my desire for you to be part of that select few. Be great this week. This is Dr. James Bryant, your guide for winning at work and at home. Thank you for listening to Engineer Your Success with Dr. James Bryant. Do me a favor and subscribe to the podcast. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast player. Many people know what to do. Fewer people know how to do it and a small fraction of people actually do it. I believe that you can have success both in business and in life, and it's my passion to guide you on your path to engineering your success. Thanks.